0: Story 12 of Japanese Fairy World Stories from the Wonderlore of Japan by William Elliot Griffiths This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian Benke and the Bell On one of the hills overlooking the blue sky's mirror of Lake Biwa stands the ancient monastery of Miidera, which was founded over 1,200 years ago by the pious Mikado Tenchi. Near the entrance, on a platform constructed of stoutest timbers, stands a bronze bell five and a half feet high. It has on it none of the superscriptions so commonly found on Japanese bells, and though its surface is covered with scratches, it was once as brilliant as a mirror. This old bell, which is visited by thousands of people from all parts of Japan who come to wonder at it, is remarkable for many things. Over two thousand years ago, say the bonzes, it hung in the temple of Gihon Soja in India, which Buddha built. After his death, it got into the possession of the dragon king of the world under the sea. When the hero Toda, the archer, shot the enemy of the Queen of the Underworld, she presented him with many treasures, and among them this great bell, which she caused to be landed on the shores of the lake. Toda, however, was not able to remove it, so he presented it to the monks at Midara. With great labor it was brought to the hilltop and hung in the belfry where it rung out daily matins and horizons, filling the lake and hillsides with sweet melody. Now it was one of the rules of the Buddhists that no woman should be allowed to ascend the hill or enter the monastery of Midera. The bonzes associated females and wicked influences together, hence the prohibition. A noted beauty of Kyoto, Hearing of the polished face of the bell, resolved, in spite of the law against her sex, to ascend the hill, to dress her hair and powder her face in the mirror-like surface of the bell. So, selecting an hour when she knew the priests would be too busy at study of the sacred rolls to notice her, she ascended the hill and entered the belfry. Looking into the smooth surface she saw her own sparkling eyes, her cheeks flushed rosy with exercise, her dimples playing, and then her whole form reflected as in her own silver mirror before which she daily sat. Charmed as much by the vastness as the brilliancy of the reflection, she stretched forth her hand and touching her fingertips to the bell, prayed aloud that she might possess such a mirror of equal size and brightness. But the bell was outraged at the impiety of the woman's touch, and the cold metal shrank back, leaving a hollow place, and spoiling the even surface of the bell. From that time forth, the bell gradually lost its polish and became dull and finally dark like other bells. When Benkei was a monk, he was possessed of a mighty desire to steal this bell and hang it up at Hiyei-san. So one night he went over to Midara Hill and cautiously crept up to the belfry and unhooked it from the great iron link which held it. How to get it down the mountain was now the question. Should he let it roll down, the monks at Mīdara would hear it bumping over the stones. Nor could he carry it in his arms, for it was too big around, sixteen feet, for him to grasp and hold. He could not put his head in it like a candle in a snuffer, for then he would not be able to see his way down. So climbing into the belfry he pulled out the crossbeam with its iron link, and hanging on the bell, put the beam on his shoulder to carry it in tembimbo style, that is, like a pair of scales. The next difficulty was to balance it, for he had nothing but his lantern to hang on the other end of the beam to balance the bell. It was a prodigiously hard task to carry his burden the six or seven miles distance to Hiei-san. It was trying to balance a bronze bell with a paper lantern. The work made him puff and blow and sweat until he was as hungry as a badger, but he finally succeeded in hooking it up in the belfry at Hiei-san. Then all the fellow priests of Benkei got up, though at night, to welcome him. They admired his bravery and strength and wished to strike the bell at once to show their joy. No, I won't lift a hammer or sound a note till you make me some soup. I am terribly hungry, said Benkei, as he sat down on a crosspiece of the belfry and wiped his forehead with his cowl. Then the priests got out the iron soup pot five feet in diameter, and kindling a fire made a huge mess of soup and served it to Benkei. The lusty monk sipped bowl after bowl of the steaming nourishment until the pot was empty. Now, said he, you may sound the bell. Five or six of the young bonzes mounted the platform and seized the rope that held the heavy log suspended from the roof. The manner of striking the bell was to pull back the log several feet, then let go the rope, holding the log after the rebound. At the first stroke, the bell quivered, and rolled out a most mournful and solemn sound, which as it softened and died away, changed into the distinct murmur, I want to go back to Midara. I want to go back to Midera, I want to go back to Midera. Naruhodo said the priests, what a strange bell, it wants to go back, it is not satisfied with our ringing. Ah, I know what is the matter, said the aged abbot, it must be sprinkled with holy water of Hiye-san, then it will be happy with us. Ho, PAGE, RUN, BRING HITHER THE DEEP SEA SHELL FULL OF SACRED WATER. SO THE PURE WHITE SHELL FULL OF THE CONSECRATED WATER WAS BROUGHT, TOGETHER WITH THE HOLY MAN'S BRUSH. DIPPING IT IN THE WATER, THE ABBOT SPRINKLED THE BELL INSIDE AND OUT. I DEDICATE THEE, O BELL, TO HIYE SAN. NOW STRIKE, SAID HE, SIGNALING TO THE BELL PULLERS. Again the young men mounted the platform, drew back the log with a lusty pull, and let fly. Midara, Midara yeko, I want to go back to Midera moaned the homesick bell. This so enraged Benkei that he rushed to the rope, waved the monks aside, and seizing the rope, strained every muscle to jerk the beam its entire length afield, and then let fly with force enough to crack the bell. For a moment, the dense volume of sound filled the ears of all like a storm, but as the vibrations died away, the bell whined out. Midera! I want to go back to Midera sobbed the bell. Whether struck at morning, noon or night, the bell said the same words. No matter when, by whom, how hard or how gently it was struck, the bell moaned the one plaint, as if crying, I want to go back to Midara, I want to go back to Midara. At last, Benkei in a rage unhooked the bell, shouldered it beam and all, and set off to take it back. Carrying the bell to the top of san, he set it down, and giving it a kick, rolled it down the valley towards Midara, and left it there. Then the Midera hung it up again. Since that time, the bell has completely changed its note. Until now, it is just like other bells in sound and behavior. End of Benke and the Bell